Cliffcentral.com. Hello there. Um, welcome again to the Fashion Lab. My name is Lizo Gumba Regisford. And on today's show, we are laying back a bit with our designer exclusive that runs once a month with a very special guest, WLVS, who is the co-founder and creative director um, of uh, a couple of brands. Um, Zedi has spent the last decade making his mark in menswear from launching a denim brand in Kenya to influencing some of the top New York City's um, menswear circles. And we are definitely going to be having a great conversation with him just to kind of talk and find out where he began, where he is now and where he's going. Uh, we are also going to be joined on, to, on the show by our senior contributor, um, I mean, sorry, our contributor from New York, Edgy Benson, with his echoes from New York. I've also got some nice little two surprises for the show today. Um, we are really um, expanding this uh, uh, platform to also make sure that, you know, while you know that you can look good, um, you know, based on what you're wearing, that you can also really glam up. I don't want to give and tell too much. Another thing I'm doing is making sure that we can be able to also use, give you this platform as a space where if you don't have time like me and a few others, I know you can definitely get to understand what's really going on when it comes to the fashion industry within the continent and the diaspora. So I'd love you to keep your tweets coming. We are at Fashion Lab AF. Share with us some of the textile brands. Sorry, not textile brands, but share with us some of the um, interesting topics that you would love to hear us um, dissect on this show. Um, and just share with us. We'd love to hear from you. We'll also obviously be talking to Zeddy. Um, and we would also love to get you guys to keep your um, comments coming in, keep your inquiries coming in. We're also on 0861 for those who can call us. Uh, I've also got a very cool segment at the end of the show called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? I'm just reminding you to think about who you want to dress and why so that we can really have a blast um, at the end of the show. Our lines are open. And um, before I introduce our special guest today, I am welcoming a new segment on the show, which will give you more insight around what's really going down in the continent. We want to keep you up with fashion news from the continent because I think it's a great way to even get ahead in business. You know, whether you're a brand who's looking to expand your business to the rest of the continent or whether you're just trying to keep abreast with what's really going on in the fashion industry, this is it. Now, this new segment is called African Fashion Alert with a beautiful woman, Ayanda Lapo. And I would like to welcome her. Um, some of you may know her from her TV show, which is Ayanda's Fashion House on Ed. Uh, some of you may not know her, but she doesn't even stop there. She's a woman who wears many hats. She's definitely a South African TV and film artist. Uh, she's a fashion designer amongst other titles. But I would love to take this opportunity to welcome you, Ayanda. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Liz. It's such a pleasure to be here. And in fact, it's an honor. So, yes, thank you so much. Was that a good intro or can I, I get a, can I get something after the show? Maybe mm. a glass of a clap? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I think it's okay for now. Okay, <laughs> welcome to the show, Ayanda, Thank with you. your African Fashion News Alert. Thank you. So, hello and welcome. This is African Fashion Alert, your weekly dose of African fashion news with myself, Ayanda Ntlapo. Looking at business news, Mall of Africa, a 5 billion rand shopping mall which began being constructed on the 28th of October 2012, was recently opened on the 28th of April 2016 in Midrand, South Africa. It is the largest single-phase shopping mall to be built in Africa, and it has over 300 stores, with Starbucks opening its second store in South Africa there. Looking at other parts of Africa, economic winds cast shadows over Ghana's retail sector. The economic tailwinds in recent years that supported Ghana's emergence as an attractive investment destination for retail have now become headwinds. Rising inflation, interest rates, an overestimation of the country's emerging middle class and a sharp depreciation of the local currency are making life much more difficult for retailers who have set up shop in Ghana. 
Moving across to Nigeria, the Manufacturers Association of Nigeria calls for reviving Nigeria's textile industry. Nigeria's Minister of State for Industry, Trade and Investments, Hajia Aisha Abubakar, recently said that the textile industry, which used to be the country's second biggest employer, has virtually collapsed. She had said that many factors have been responsible for the sorry state of the industry, including the instability of, instability of power supply, high cost of production, competing cheap textile imports from Asian countries, and the uncontrolled smuggling and dumping of substandard textile materials in the country. Therefore, Manufacturers Association of Nigeria stated that the government will have to put effective measures to restore the sector, which President Muhammadu Buhari has resolved to make a fulcrum of his job creation drive. Crossing over to the entertainment side, Fashion Week season is buzzing all over Africa. Benguela Fashion Week in Angola and Soweto Fashion Week in South Africa took place this past weekend, giving local designers a platform to showcase their amazing creations, while Rwandan designers are furthermore placing Africa on the global fashion scene with their designs being showcased in New York, Paris, Geneva and other fashion capitals of the world. On that note, a new exhibition and book titled Fashion Cities Africa by Hannah Azib Paul has recently been launched. This unique project explores fashion and street style in four major African cities, namely Johannesburg, Casablanca, Lagos and Nairobi. Fashion Cities Africa will be the first major exhibition of contemporary African fashion to be showcased in the UK. Looking at fresh releases across the continent, popular Nigeria designer I Am Isigo released her Autumn Winter 16 collection last week and Rich Mnisi, a South African designer whose Autumn Winter 16 collection is titled Zulu Lounge, was also released last week. Look out for these young designers. Their work is absolutely impeccable. And sadly, Congo led arrest to music and fashion legend Papa Wemba on the 24th of April 2016. Condolences to his family. Papa Wemba will certainly be, re- be remembered as one of Africa's fashion icons. And that's it for today from me. Uh, this podcast will be up on cliffcentral.com later. And you can follow me on social media at underscore ayandantlapo. But most importantly, remember to tune in again next week into Fashion Lab Africa for your weekly dose of African fashion alert with your with myself, Ayandantlapo, right here on Cliff Central. Thank you, girl. Mm, I was going <laughs> to say. Very nice, very nice. I'm, I'm enjoying, um, the African news segment and I'm also enjoying it because sometimes, like I said, we get so hectic in our schedules and we don't really have time to, uh, to, to follow up with what's going on. I love the fact that Nigeria is definitely listening because I mean, that's textile industry. We were talking textile last week with yes. Beba. And it's nice to actually see that Africa is beginning to remember that, you know, it's one of the highest creating, um, job, um, platforms uh, or employment platforms um, for people within the continent. And I think that reviving it slowly is, is going to be the way forward. So I think when I keep asking where we see the future, you know, of textile industry in the continent, definitely I'm happy that, you know, Nigeria is jumping on. I'm happy about uh, Fashion Africa City. You, I mean, Fashion City Africa is um, what you spoke about? Yes, it's called Fashion Cities Africa. It's a book by Hannah Azipul and it was launched in the UK and it basically celebrates street style and fashion in four major African cities, which are Johannesburg, Casablanca, Blanca, Lagos, and, and Nairobi. Nairobi, of course, yes. <laughs> but it's very good. Ayana, it's nice. It's it's very nice. Thank you so much. Now I want to go back um to introduce reintroduce you because I want to find out what you're wearing and what inspires it. That's what I should ask you before I even get you to jump straight into <laughs> the fashion alert. But w- what are you wearing and what is inspiring your look today? Right now I'm basically wearing simple skinny denims, uh a black polo neck, a brown belt with brown stilettos, you know. It's very tricky when you mix brown and black or gold and silver, but I I enjoy taking risks like that and it's a very simple look i'm warm and i'm looking classy and sassy and that's you know that's me really no it's beautiful i love your outfits oh well thank you do you want to ask me what i'm wearing because yes. no one has yet what are you wearing so, and can i have it <laughs> you can have it um but i am wearing a beautiful chiffon uh jumpsuit i'm a jumpsuit freak i can have like 25 of these in different colors and then have them in different textures i've got the stretches for winter days i've got the chiffon for lighter days today was a very cool night day it wasn't too you know too cold so i'm just enjoying this and uh i'm feeling really comfortable in it it's chiffon it's um refreshing it's a beautiful royal purple 
And uh, I think I'm just feeling good and You easy. look very royal <laughs> indeed. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So now I would like to also introduce uh, a very special guest who's also joining us on the show before we continue to go straight into our exclusive with um, Zeddy, who will be joining us shortly. Um, now, like I said again, is, you know, sometimes you think about fashion and you think about what you're going to wear. And uh, I want to say, and I'm sure we all agree, that you cannot separate your face from your dress. So everything has to look good. Everything has to flow. Everything has to create some sort of really cool, um, cohesive um, balance. Um, fashion definitely coincides with beauty and the beauty industry in general. And therefore, I would like to introduce to you our new beauty um, uh, segment, uh, which we're going to run later. However, I want to introduce this powerful woman behind this segment. This woman is a woman on the go. If you don't watch out, she'll move with your brush too, you know? So McWay, but she's internationally accredited. She's worked in the fashion and beauty industry for 10 years, over 10 years. She's acquired a lot of extensive knowledge and expertise and experience in the beauty industry dominion. She represents, uh, brands such as GHD to name a few. And I just want to welcome Morag Stein onto the show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Liz. Thank you for the beautiful introduction. I'm very excited to be here. And what are you wearing and what inspires the look? I'm wearing just a simple skinnies with some rips at the knees, uh, my favorite heels, my um, Valentinos. So comfortable and just a nice white blouse, very chilled, some gold accessories and my fabulous lipstick. But we'll chat about that later. It's very, very nice. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How long have you been in the industry? Uh, what are some of the tips or some of the, what can people expect generally? You don't have to kiss and tell, but just <laughs> generally what can our listeners expect from you? I'm definitely not kissing and telling today, Liz. Um, basically, in a nutshell, the segment will be some beauty, makeup, lifestyle tips, both for the ladies and, of course, the men. So, men, please don't feel left out. Um, I've got some great tips coming. And it's really just a segment um, that I can be very opinionated in about my experience in the industry and how I feel about certain things. So, yeah, that's about it. I'll leave the rest for later. Wow. <laughs> and what lip color is that? It's a secret. So I'm going to be telling you just now. Anyway, <laughs> moving on along, um, it's very uh, it's very nice to have all of us on the show. Um, Edgy uh, with Echoes from New York will also be joining us shortly. Um However, I want us to just take a little quick break and we'll be right back. Fashion Lab on CliffCentral.com. Here we are again and we are having a special guest today. Um, just kind of touching base with him and his fashion journey. Um, we've been having this exclusives. I think this is probably the third one, but what we want to do is make sure that every month we can highlight, um, some of the journeys that different African brands or brands within the diaspora are taking as they grow their fashion businesses. Without taking any more time, I want to introduce the show, you know, want to introduce you guys to the special guest. He's a Kenyan native like myself. His name is Zeddy. He hit New York in 2011 after being discovered in Kenya by a Saks Fifth Avenue buyer. He was discovered. Um, she helped him get into New York Fashion Week, New York, uh, at the Africa Fashion Week, New York in July 2011. And from that time on, he's been on a roll. Make way faster than your set bells is about to go down. Um, I definitely want to, uh, uh, just share a bit more background. Um, four years after stepping foot onto New York soil, Zeddy was head of sharding at Alexander Nash of Bespoke Men's Atelier, whose clients also include some of our favorite stars like Tyson Beckford. Um, welcome to the show, Zeddy. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Did I, did I kill that one or did I kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> did I shoot it with a few bullets? <laughs> Hello, Zeddy. He did well. He did exactly. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Welcome to the show. Um, before we go straight into the topic, um, could you just share with us what you're wearing and what inspires your look right now? And feel free to be creative because we really can't see you. <laughs> oh, uh, actually, I just woke up uh, and I'm wearing a, a red and white gingham shirt. Um, basically... I mean, it's summertime right now, so I'm just kind of like trying to stick to lightweight fabrics, you know, things that uh, when I put them on, I'm not going to sweat so much. Um, and just keeping it simple. It's, kind of, it's actually a play shirt. That's how I call it. 
It's an untucked shirt. Uh, the length is pretty short as compared to a normal dress shirt. Um, but it's not a tank top. It, yeah, no, no, it's not a tank oh, okay, top. Okay, cool. No, so we're not going to no. see your little peekaboo situation. No, no, Okay, no. cool. Look, we are safe. We are safe and we are ready to go. Uh, I just want to get straight into staff. Um, okay. Blackbird jeans to WLVS. First of all, let's just break down WLVS. I want to just know what you're doing. We just want to touch back. We just want to go back to the beginning of your fashion design journey. Um, can you just break that down, please? Oh, okay. Uh, you know, uh, I never grew up like, um, you know, like, uh, my mom was a seamstress or my dad was a tailor or anything, you know, um, uh, or I happened to like, just I ran into friends who have who um, who are tailors, and that's why I picked up the skill of um, of tailoring. You know, uh, back in Nakuru, uh, I think that was around 2008, 2009. I started as a tailor. Actually, not really a tailor. I'd say uh, a floor man per se. Whereby I was just kind of like staying at the at the workshop as I you know count how many people came in. You know, I'd do the trimming, you know. Mm, so you were, ki- you were kind of like the counting boy and the manager, kind of, and the floor manager and all of that. <laughs> at the same exactly, time. exactly. And then I just fell in love with the, with the, uh, what they were doing, you know, the sewing machine, you know, just taking measurements and getting creative. And you know what? The funny thing is, um, when I started, my favorite uh, brand was um, Ivisu. At that time, because uh, Ivisu was, uh, it's a denim Japanese brand that was hot at that time. And uh, the CEO of Ivisu was Kat Morrison, who's my boss right now. Wow. So that's, that's, that's just, that's just like, how you know. Ra- so that's how round yeah. and round the journey also goes. How you interconnect with somebody you actually just thought so highly of. And today you actually seated working with him. Um, Absolutely right. When did you start no. your? When did you start? Um, when did you engage yourself into the industry? What? What? Like um, about how many years ago was this when you started as the floor manager? <laughs> we'll put it that way. Uh, that was uh, back in two thousand and eight. So I'd say about eight years. Okay. Now. Okay. Yeah, and then um, you know I just uh, picked up a couple of skills and uh, you know ran with it. You know, I fell in love with tailoring. Because it was kind of like I don't really even need to buy clothes anymore. Yeah. You know, I can make, I can make I can make myself. So I was taught how to take measurements, how to cut, how to sew. Then I was like, you know what? Um, I can make a little bit more extra cash if I get into sales. You know. Then I joined a school of arts where I did fine arts. Mm-hmm. Then um, moved to Nairobi, played rugby. When I moved to Nairobi, I started playing rugby. Um, Seriously, <laughs> rugby yeah. was a part of the mix. <laughs> yeah, rugby was part of the mix. And then, you know, the funny thing is, I started a small business. I started selling juice to uh, my rugby players after the game. You know, just kind of like trying to survive. You know, saved a little bit of cash here and there. Then we bought our first sewing machine. Um, after buying our first sewing machine, then I hanged my boots, and that's how. You know, I got back into the game in Nairobi because I mean, in Nairobi, that's where we used to buy fabrics and ship them to Nakuru. Hmm. But now it's kind of like in a more central place, you know, uh, where, where I felt like was, I, yeah. Yeah, I needed to be. You know, it, it was just me and a friend of mine named Brian. Um, so we set up uh, a, a studio workshop at his house, actually, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, we made a few samples. Uh, whereby I'd take some with me to the rugby game and, you know, and after I finish playing, I sell my juice, I'll kind of like, um, talk to mostly women, I'd say, cause, um, I mean, most men, you know, I mean, I, I know for a fact, uh, most men were not really like into, oh, you know, I'm trying to get this thing, this or that tailored. Uh, but women at that time, they really loved the, the waistcoats. So we kind of like made one uh, that was one size fits all. And, you know, what I'd do is I'd just kind of like 
talk to you know chicks at the at the game and be like you know what I think I think you're gonna love this you know just try it on I think they, yeah Zeddy I think the women just came for your juice that's what they were like <laughs> and that's why you got more women listening they're like I will buy your juice your waistcoat and your socks too so but it's it's amazing that you know as I listening as I listen into your journey I also find that one of your things is you seem like a very sociable person and you seem yeah. like a person who's finds it very easy to interact. And I think from a business perspective, that's one of the things that we need to master as entrepreneurs. Otherwise you'll be stuck in your own corner talking to your own self, really. So I think that, you know, the fact that you are playing rugby, selling juice, I mean, how much more do you need to do and talking to the girls? Cause the girls wanted some Zeddy juice, you know, and still making your business work because you say you are actually selling coats. I think that's right. just very, very cool. But what I'm taking out of it is I'm not so much of an extrovert like you are. And therefore, yeah. it's some of the things that I look and I can apply to my business and say, you know, I need to be a bit more sociable and a bit more out there and not be so, yeah. so, so alone in the corner. But anyway, tell me mm -hmm. about Blackbird Jeans, because that was the main reason I reached out to you, because there's a very big buzz. Yeah. Um, for like a few years, there was a big buzz on Blackbird jeans. I wasn't necessarily based in Nairobi, but I would always hear all my people saying, you need to talk to them. You need to talk to them. They're really doing great. And then I yeah. know that you have the Wolves. So I know that you have the WLVS as well. Let's talk about, uh, or maybe just share with us a bit about the brand Blackbird jeans, where it is now and what yeah. you're currently working on, which is WLVS. So... See, when I started, um, my, my, I always say my background has been denim, you know, and, um, all along, um, after I moved from Na uh, Nakuru to Nairobi, I happened to like, uh, after I hung my boots, I opened a small workshop, you know, did a few samples, you know, started by putting it, putting, put them, putting them on. And then from there, people started loving it. And then, you know, the other thing is you just said, I'm, I'm a sociable person. You see, this is how I put it before I get back to the, the whole journey, mm -hmm. if we have time. I always put it simple and clear. You know, I always say um, you have to, you have to um, kind of like, if you're, if, you, if you're a musician, for example, right, mm -hmm. you have to, to use your resources, Okay. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I never grew in a family whereby I'd say, mom, you know what? I want to go to a fashion school. Oh, you know, I need, I need this. I need that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, my mom was a tailor or my dad was a tailor or anything. No, I had limited resources. Okay. Whereby no fashion school I had to, you know, start from scratch. You get me? So I used my, mm. my, my limited resources. Okay. And then I used my creativity whereby I'd had to now think outside the box and be like, okay, I love Ivisu, I love the seagull behind the back pocket. What can I do? Okay, I created a stencil. I, you know, I created a stencil of a scorpion, and then I started printing it on the back pocket of a pair of jeans. Now, you'd, you'd realize that guys would come in and they'd be like, yo, you know what? Oh, I need, I want that print on my jean. And that's how I'd make extra cash. Now I'd be like, okay, if you want this print on your jean, you're gonna pay me 500 shillings. So that's mine. <laughs> so, me. so basically, so, whether you're, if you're not buying the jeans with a print, I can give you the print, but you, 500, let's go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So those are two things. The first thing is your resources. Okay. Your second thing, the second thing is creativity. Okay. And the third thing is determination. You know, how determined are you to like go forward for it? You know, are you, are you, are you, are you going to hustle and be like, you know what, I'm going to start as a flow man and then things are just going to pick up, hmm. you know? And then the fourth thing is putting yourself out there. I, you know, I love to dress up, you know, I love to put myself out there per se, whereby yes. I'd dress up, I'd go out, I'd talk to people, I'd go to, you know, nice bars, restaurants, and I'm not going to be shy. So that's kind of like my, uh, uh, uh you know, my, um, how can I say it? Your uh, basic my principles that kind of guided you and really helped you get to where you need to get to. Obviously, you're yeah. very passionate about it as well. Passion is, I always say, is 
you know, if you get into these things and you're not passionate about it and you're only in for the money, it may not turn around the way that it should. So I think that you sound so passionate about it. I'm sure that, you know, this is your, it sounds like it's a part of you. It's a part of your DNA, you know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's how Blackbird was born, you know. Um, at that time, not most, I'd say, I've, I've, I've not really seen so many I'd say uh, uh, my fellow Africans and sisters maybe designing jeans. Maybe I haven't traveled that much, you know, to most part of the of the of the you know of, of the continent. So I don't really know. But I'd say around most people around me, I haven't seen them really design denim. So I, we looked at it and said, you know what, dude, like there's a there's a gap, mm. humongous gap in here for us to crush it. Okay, so I told my boy, okay. Uh, we came up with a workshop, you know, and uh, came up with the name Blackbird. Actually, I think we were just having a drink and we were like, you know what, we just want to fly. You know, what do you think? Like, you know, let's look out for names. And then Blackbird just came through, you know. And then the good thing is when we started, we did a drop crotch, um, the drop crotch gene. Mm -hmm. And I, at that time, for real, you know, unless you either lived in the West or you just had it. You know, it was just in you. You'd know what this, what time these guys were on, you know? Yeah, otherwise, so, I'm sure they wanted you to pull it up. Like, why is that part hanging like that? I, I remember, I remember <laughs> I was walking, I was walking on, uh, I can't remember what avenue, and then some ladies were like, oh, wonders will never cease. And I looked back and I was like, what? Yeah. Come but, on, man. Yeah, Cut but, it. Yeah, but, but Zeddy, <laughs> now on the brand, uh, the Blackbird jeans, where is the brand right now? So, so see, the thing is, uh, as I was explaining, when we first came to uh, the States for Africa Fashion Week, they had a kind of like a rule whereby we couldn't design denim. We had to stick to the African prints. So that's that's where we gave it a shot. And that, that was actually like our first time just trying something that we've never done before. You know, putting skills on a different, you know, different uh, fabric. The good thing is we came, you know, and uh, I think we, we became the our most favorable designers at that time. You know, things went well for us. I think it was the right wave and we soft it really well. And that's how the big buzz came about because we kind of like switched from denim to prints and then people loved the prints okay and they you know rocked with it i went back to kenya came back did a couple of shows you know so when i came back i met a good friend of mine who had a denim uh brand back in the day he's a he's a big artist right now his name is bradley theodore so i walked under his wing for i'd say about two years kind of like just trying to you know um jump on the ropes in New York, kind of like trying to know what's really going on. Because when I came here, I was like, you know, this is the place. This is a maker. So no rush, no need to do anything, you know, at a faster pace. I need to slow down, learn the game properly, get dialed in the system really nice, and then rock it. So what's happening right now, actually the spelling has changed to B-L-K-B-U-R-D. Okay, mm -hmm. that's one. So, in between getting into the African prints, making suits and stuff like that, I fell, you know, my chips, you know, after they rolled the dice, my hustle rolled the dice, per se, for lack of a better term, I ended up at Alexander Nash. Mm -hmm. Alexander Nash was a custom a suiting atelier. I ran into Alex, you know, Alex fell in love with my story, my passion, my hustle. He said, yo... I want to work with you. I want you to intern. Okay. So I started as an intern. After after a year, you know, I moved up, became the head of shirting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm at this atelier whereby, you know, you name them. Tyson Beckford, Rory McElroy, Michael K. William. Like everybody's walking in and they just run into this, you know, African kid who's just like happy, you know, stylish, just, you know, just a sociable person for say. So I'm picking up skills and I'm learning the business at the same time. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting more opportunities to style people and just like explore my talent pretty much. So, uh, my mentor, Alex became my mentor, you know, and, uh, after two years, 
I, I told him I want to get back to jeans, and then I sent my resume to 3 by one and that 3 by one just picked it. So while I was working at Alexander Nash, I was doing my research on denim, mm -hmm. okay, where I'm going to source the best denim, you know, who's going to produce my jean. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm creating a story. I'm doing my own documentary. You know, I'm filming, going to uh, fabric stores, picking cotton. I'm going to, like, see... Uh, the godfather of tailoring, the guy who makes the suits for the president, you know, I interview him, we sit down, we talk just for some wisdom and stuff like that. So I'd say right now, Blackbird is a project that's in, um, that's in, uh, that's gonna come in like, I'd say pretty much give me another year or two. I'll be back on the denim, uh, the denim world. I mean, I'm in the denim world right now as a bespoke director at 3 by one which is one of the top 10 denim stores in the world. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing is I'm I'm learning more, just uh, I'd say the business side of it, you know, because denim is really really, it's kind of like being a sergeant per se, you know, you kind of like how it's not it's not guesswork. You have to really really understand the fabrics, the mills, you know, mm -hmm. the the whole uh uh you know just the making of a jean pretty much. So right now Blackbird is on hold. And uh, I'm working on the wolves. So the wolves came about when I ran into a friend of mine who runs, uh, who's been in a social, um, I'd say, life, nightlife in New York City for a long period of time. And he has a great uh, a following. Mm -hmm. And he has a members club as well. Mm -hmm. So wolves, that's how wolves, you know, came about. Whereby he was just like, yo, dude. I like your passion, like your style, you know, super talented. What can I do to, you know, help each other out? So he said, I have a men's grooming product, but I'd like to, um, you know, push it up by adding uh, maybe suiting or clothing. Mm -hmm. And I'd want you to be on board. You know, what do you think? You know, so we sat down and we came up with a, with a, with the name Wolves. And uh, since I have the I have the resources in terms of the factories, I know the meals, I know you know because I've worked with them before, so it was just easy to pull the trigger and say, okay, I right, cool. These are the designs that we're gonna do. Uh, this is the factory. We had a meeting and we you know got the ball rolling. So Wolves is kind of like a I'd say a secret society. Not as not a crazy secret society, but you <laughs> I was know, gonna say, do like, I can I get access in, or is it is access uh, granted absolutely, for me? Absolutely. <laughs> right, so you see, the thing is, the thing is, he has members, okay, who come to his club, okay. So it's kind of like as a member, you're entitled to spend five grand a year on wolves' clothing. Very, that's very the, nice. that, that's the that's the that's the marketing aspect of it. In order for you to join in as a member, right now you have to agree to purchase. Goods worth five thousand a year. Wow! You know, I tried so, to be a member this morning, but it wouldn't let me in. So I figured, obviously, really, I yeah, I tried. I went on the website, and then I was like, okay, you know what? It's too much for me. Let me just stay yeah. and talk to you, and then maybe after you could, um, you know, you could press some buttons there. Who knows? And then I could just be a member. Oh. But it's, <laughs> it's no, 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 no. You're, it's, you're already in. When you come to New York, you're in. Don't thank worry. you, brother. Thank you. You're good. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Um, yeah. Zaidi, I want to just go straight. Do you, what are some of the ethos of your brand? Uh, some of the ethos of my brand? Yes. Or what your brand represents. What are some of the, you know, ethos? What are some of the, uh, you know, I would say key things that you align your brand to, you know, do you care, for example, about um, using eco-friendly fabrics or do you maybe just would rather operate in a more sustainable fashion where you still care about the wages of the workers? And I just want to kind of let the we want to know how, you know, when something so beautiful is always nice to look at it from an all around perspective. And true, uh, true. we care about the things that we care about, so we just want to know what is it, or what are some of the things that the brand, the the brand aligns itself to. Well, um, we use um, so when it comes to jeans, for example, right? We um, we we like to uh, we care about the environment, okay. you know. So what we do is we recycle the the the, the water that we use. Okay. You know, and use it right back in uh, washing the jean again, you know, since it still has the chemical and stuff like that. So we kind of like try to uh, uh, prevent damaging the environment, I'd say. Mm 
mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we have some uh, eco-friendly, you know, I'd say fabrics that we use, that we get made, um, you know, recycled mm-hmm. in uh, different mills and we use. So I'd say we, 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 we prevent uh, uh, the damaging of the environment per se. And tell me, if I'm a consumer and I want to buy into your brand, what is your average when it comes to, I mean, like, for example, with black jeans, what is the retail average? Price. So give me like a window of uh, from uh, from two forty five to four hundred dollars. Yeah, for a pair of jeans. Okay. Uh, shirts start from um, one seventy five custom. Um, no, uh, retail it starts from one seventy five custom starts from two hundred and bespoke starts from two fifty. So ready to wear, you know, one seventy five. Okay. Custom. It's based off an existing pattern that we have. So if you try our pattern, it fits you perfect. God bless. You just pick your fabrics. Okay. If you come in and maybe you want a different design, you can fit in any of our sizes that we have. We have to create a new pattern for you and put it in our digital system. Then that becomes bespoke. That's what we call bespoke. So that starts from 250 for shirting. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, we're working on our ready-to-wear suiting, which... I'd say it would start from uh, twelve hundred, okay. Uh, and we're looking at ma- low, putting the prices as low as nine fifty, you know, to twelve hundred for ready to wear. Custom would start from uh, fifteen hundred. And where? And sp- sorry. Yeah, sorry. And w- sorry to cut you short. Where do you produce? Uh, do you produce in one space all these garments? No, uh-huh. no, 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 not really. See, the thing. This is what I learned. When, when when it's time to make money in the fashion industry, you have to you have to source for the best factory, the best meal. So I'll tell you straight up and down. I have a a friend who owns a factory in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have another friend uh, who owns a factory, denim factory in New York City. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, like the way I work, three by one, all our stuff is made in house. We have a full factory in the middle of the store. That's what one one thing that makes us different. Okay. Um, I have another a friend uh, who owns a factory in Dominican Republic as well, and I have a local tailor on standby in New York City. So you basically so, play it out based on what you feel is the right business decision, which will offer you a, the best um, production prices. Best, uh, I'm I'm just basically saying you've decided to use all of your networks to work right with and see what works where in the best and the most affordable way from a business Abs- perspective. Absolutely, absolutely right. And see, where- the thing is, go ahead. Yeah, go Sorry. ahead. Uh, it's just about the margins, you know, when you're trying to uh, kind of like do the numbers. So where the where it would make sense the most, it'd be pre- finding a good factory that would give you exactly the same quality you'll get in New York, but at the best price, landing price. So mm. if let's say, for example, I'm paying 100 bucks for a shirt, landing price in New York City, I'd sell that shirt for maybe, you know, make some change on top of it, you know. You won't, you won't even kiss and tell. You're like, uh, let me hold on here before we mess up the whole flow. But listen, it's, yeah, I like to share my resources. That's yes. How we grow. And I, and I love that you love to share that because that's one of the most difficult things in the industry. People sometimes feel like you should just hold on to all your baskets and then put everything so close to your chest and then like, just can't help anybody else. So I think for me also, one of the things I believe, even from my belief perspective, is when you give, you receive. And when you're more open to helping people, you actually get even more blessings. I think exactly. there's, yeah, and I think there's enough resources. The world is such a big space. There is something for everyone. Stop, everyone stop crumbling onto the corner for that one book when there's like a million yeah. So thank you for doing that. And Zedi, I have a feeling me and you could talk for like another two days. So I want to sure. just, yes, I just want to thank you so much for joining us onto the show. And I want to find out from you two more things quickly is where can people buy your brand and where can they mm-hmm. connect with you? So if you go to, uh, what do you call it? Uh, so in, in a month's time, we're going to have the wolves uh, clothing uh, on, on site. For that yes, sir. Like a million. Can you hear me? Yeah. So thank yes. You for doing that. <laughs> Hello, Zeddy. 
Hey. Something happened there. I don't know what it was. Someone's trying yeah. to cut us yeah, from telling the truth John. here. Yeah. yeah so uh, we we we, 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 we have a showroom on 18th, uh, 23rd and 18th, um, 23rd Street and 5th. That's where we have our showroom. So um, we're working on our production right now, ready to wear line. So in a month's time, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be online, and people can walk in the showroom as well. Okay. And they- Okay. Okay. Yeah. Could you share with us just the website so people can actually know where to go and um Okay. So uh L V uh W L V W L V S dot NYC. Thank you very much. Zeddy, what are your parting shots to brands that are coming up or brands that are already up but are still trying to find their ways? What is your parting shot today? Oh, you got me. <laughs> You're lucky I didn't ask you who you want to dress and why, because that's the last segment, but I'll let you slide on that. But I'd just love yeah. to get, because of your journey and because of your experience, uh-huh. I would just love to you to share with us a parting shot, whatever it is you can advise um, fashion um, brands or fashion industries. Um, well, well, I'd say this, you know, uh, nothing comes easy. You know, you got to stay humble and you got to work really, really hard. You know, when I say working really hard, you have to remember, use your resources, resourcefulness, you know, creativity, determination, and put yourself out there. You know, if you come to New York City and you go to Union Square, you'd find a thousand people, you know, artists, musicians, you know, playing, basking all day, you know. So put yourself out there and see where the chips may. Mm. May fall, you know. If you like, I say, if you're a musician, you go to uh, what do you call it? A Union Square. Put your put your basket, uh, put your basket out, bask the whole day. If you see people gathering, listening to your music, maybe throwing you a few bucks, maybe you're onto something. You know, if you're trying to bask and you know no one is paying attention to you, maybe it's not your it's not your thing. Maybe you need to change. You know, do something else. Yeah. But like I said. Use your resourcefulness, creativity, determination, and put yourself out there. Thank you very much, Zizadi. It's been lovely having you on the show. Have a lovely day out there, and we will be in touch. All right, for sure. Thanks, my dear. Thank you. Wow, that was Zeddy with a whole spiel of like what really goes on in his side of the world. I want to roll over to our glam up with Morag Stein. Uh, and uh, welcome to the show again, Morag. Thank you so much, Liz. I'm once again so excited for this segment. Um, hashtag glam up with Morag Stain. So let's just get right on it. The lipstick color of the week is my fabulous magenta matte from Smashbox. It's a really crazy pigmented um, neon and it's got sort of a blue pink undertone. It's hotter than ever. I personally love matte stick matte lipsticks for their modern finish and longer wear the packaging is modern and sleek it's just one of those lipsticks you really want to flash around and wear all the time and is that what you're wearing absolutely i've been wearing it all week um i have actually just tweeted some pictures of how to wear it um as well as what it looks like you know, one thing that's really trending hugely at the moment is fitness with hashtags such as FitPorn. I mean, seriously, can I get a glam up hashtag and a shout out for skincare and aging? This goes for both ladies and men out there. I feel that this is a topic we can really talk, you know, days and days about. I feel that simple remedies and stuff that I can really DIY and other people can DIY at home. Um, you know, natural is really the way to go. Another trend or more a way of life is that more and more people are leaning towards the homeopathic remedies and cures instead of Western medicine and pharmaceutical products. Embracing in oils for your skin simply by removing your makeup, showering with it and using it instead of a shaving foam. Just take a stroll into your kitchen and grab the coconut oil. With it being a fatty acid, it really helps your skin retain ultimate moisture. Also using facial exfoliators that have lactic acid instead of glycolic acid in, what happens is the glycolic um, acid molecules actually create a slower absorption because your skin cannot absorb such a huge amount at the, you know, at once. Um, so it actually keeps your skin hydrated throughout the day. 
beating those sugar cravings, you know, here in, um, well, in Africa at the moment, we're actually struggling with the beginning of winter. I don't know if you ladies are feeling it, but I definitely am. Those little sweet titbits. Um, so, how to beat those sugar cravings? A favorite used by the lovely um, Princess Kate Middleton is to make a smoothie using fresh berries and almond milk. It's healthy, the pounds will stay off, and it's super tasty. So, do you drink it or pour it on your face? No, you drink that. Okay. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, sugar, sugar cravings, come on. Like, we live on sugar cra- Like, it's not even called sugar cravings. It's called, where's my sugar in the morning? It's morning. But Absolutely. anyway, go on. Absolutely. <laughs> And then um, just two things that every woman should have in her handbag. You know, as a woman, we say two, but we actually mean three or four. So um, just one thing is, of course, a fabulous lipstick and a sunglasses duo. That's my, like, get-go. Um, just for those mornings where you really don't feel like putting on a full face, I just whack on my big sunglasses and my fabulous lipstick and off I go. The second thing is stain removal wipes. These are like my new savior in life. Just for that little makeup stain or lipstick stain, you know, on your collar or whatever, I just whip out my little wipes and I wipe it and voila, it's gone. And then, of course, two two things every man should have in his back pocket. A great lip balm, something like Nivea Recovery Plus, um, really locks in moisture. It's long-lasting and it has no shine. And then the second thing is blot sheets. For those men out there who don't know what these are, they're mattifying, it's mattifying paper that absorbs excess sebum and frees your skin of shine. So your complexion is perfectly matte and ready for compliments in a flash. Trust me, no woman or man (laughs) wants a sweaty looking man. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Well, thank you very much. That was Glam Up with Morag Stain. We'll be getting more tips on uh, how to do what we need to do to complete our looks on a weekly dosage. So keep it locked, you know, get ready, take what you want to take with you and just share with her. She's also on Twitter, but, you know, reach us out again. We are Fashion Lab AF. We'd love to hear from you. I want to roll over to Echoes from New York with Edgy Benson just to get his two cents on what we just had around our designer exclusive. Edgy runs a fashion services company based in New York, sourcing services to fashion designers and fashion houses. Uh, really big deal. Edgy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Liz. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. And you? I'm very good. It's been really cool listening to you guys. It's very nice. Big show. <laughs> very nice. Edgy, what was your take? Um, I'm sure that you also tuned in onto the interview um, we had uh, with Zeddy, or the exclusive that we had with Zeddy and a little bit of his journey. What's your two cents on that today? Oh, I mean, the, a lot A lot was interesting today. I think I have to start with uh, Ayanda. I think I like the the business bits. Uh, it's nice to, to know what's going on in Africa. And of course, it's nice to, to have Morag and listen to her and <laughs> hear about what I need to do as a guy because I wouldn't have to that. Oh, AJ, I'll definitely give you some tips there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's cool. It's really, really cool. In terms of Zeddy, I, I think I liked his story. I liked his tenacity. Um, he was is ob- obviously quite um, uh, nimble in, in the in the way that he thought about how best he can grow his business, and I think it's a, it's a very African thing. We never give up; we just keep trying. So it's very nice to hear him talk about his story, and I'm sure he has inspired a lot of people li- listening. Because we we can we can do it. I mean, there are no straight ways. Sometimes it's just the circles go around and around and you finally do get where you want to get. So yes, I, I think that the story was interesting and very inspiring. Mm. And I love that he's a person who's not afraid because what I've realized with, uh, and this is my parting shots around just his exclusive today is people need to be a bit more humble in the continent and also don't think you have arrived. I mean, real entrepreneurs who are really successful are still in the school of life, even though you think they've arrived, you know, 
And I think the attitude of, ah, oh, well, I've made it is not, no, you can't make it. I mean, we only, even when we go to a grave, we may not have even made it. But I think the openness of him to be able to say, I've got a brand, but I want to juggle up. I'm going to be an intern here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make sure I have a mentor. I'm going to make sure I'm open to internships and just stay humble and cool and continue to just be open minded when it comes to learning this game. Because this game, you can never say you finished. It's a constant. Absolutely. It is a constant school. You can't ever graduate from it. So I love that he's, he seems like a very cool, humble person. And I feel like that is why he's probably going to go way ahead compared to maybe a few others. I, I think there's something very interesting in what he's doing, if you read his story. And I think that's something African designers have to look at. Too. We don't all have to make clothes, you know. Mm. Uh, we, can, we can style people. We can... We can we can work with fi- uh, with fabric makers. We can we can we can lead designers to resources. It's just a question of um, knowing how much impact you can bring on the society with what you do. You know, I think being a designer doesn't mean you have to design clothes. There are so many ancillary things that we do or that we know as designers that we can we can actually put in play. And in Africa, we need to do that more instead of thinking at this, thinking in a very tunneled way, like designer make clothes. Mm, you know? I yeah. love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Edgy, for that two cents. Before we go, can we just quickly on a two second note, who would you want to dress and why? We're going to start with Morag. I would love to dress and do makeup for um, Gigi Hadid. She is just the most beautiful woman at the moment. Like, I'm actually obsessed with her. She's just magnificent. Thank you, Ayanda. Who would you want to dress and why? I would love to dress you, Liz. Me again. Okay, Edgy, you can't say me. <laughs> why not? <laughs> because you can't have both me's, but. Okay. Uh, besides you. Um, you don't have to have two choices. It's fine. Yeah, I think you're just the only person I can think of right now. You're so stylish. Thank you very much. I take that. Love Ed- that jumpsuit. Thank you very much. Edgy, who do you want to dress and why? I was just going to ride no, you, no, on, no, no. on, Ma- <laughs> on Morag's boat, you know. I love the endlessness of your jumpsuit. I would put you in more jumpsuits. All right. Well, today I want to dress Ayanda because, and it's not because you're going to dress me. I just think that she's such a beautiful, young, vibrant, energetic, on the go, can't stop type of chick. I met her a few months ago and I just want to dress her and put my magical Liz touch to her. But anyway, guys, we have come to the end of this beautiful show. Our listeners who are tuned in, you can continue to connect with us on www.fashionlabafrica.com. We're also on Twitter at fashionlabaf. Share with us your thoughts. Uh, share with us who or what are the topics you feel we're not touching on. Uh, thank you so much to our new contributors, Ayanda and Morak. Thank you, Edgy, for consistently being in the loop and in the hook, um, keeping us updated also from your sides with your echoes from New York. Peace and love to the rest of the fam and uh, all the best. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you.